Hey there, memers. Uh, this is a podcast about self-help using memes, and I'm your host, Blake Moore. Um, this episode is understanding your own personal meme and then using it, uh, featuring Marvel Shang-Chi. Uh, we'll talk about why the ideas, uh, why the ideas that you have are mathematically probably unique. Um, sadly, that doesn't make them good. Um, also, we get to talk about memes and Marvel movies. Um, so that sounds like fun, right? Uh, let's get into it together. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, I'm glad you're here for this one. Uh, in our framework episode, we talked about our mental coin shaker. Um, for those of you that weren't here, we talked about the, how the best way to make choices, uh, I think, is to kind of have a, a set of filters that you, you put new choices or ideas or information through and kind of shake it like one of those old timey coin shakers. Um, nowadays, you have things like Coinstar that you can just dump the whole bucket in. But with this specific example, um, that's one of those old timey $10 sort of plastic trays and you just kind of shake and stuff falls down. Um, this episode is because you will need to know your personal meme to be able to use uh, your your mental framework that we covered in that episode. Um, we will also get a broad framework um, analogy entry uh, in that humans are bad at math, um, including you and including me, I'm sure since you're human probably, and I, I know I am. And so we'll talk about some specific ways that math and human brains don't go together all that well. Um, that'll be be an explanation in here. Um, if you want to play Find the Idiom, like Where's Waldo? There's also stuff in here like If It Ain't Broke, Don't Fix It or Don't Reinvent the Wheel. Um, but there's, there's definitely a metaphor of Where's Waldo in here if you'd like to play it. So feel free. Uh, I think of memes in terms of Venn diagrams, which, as a reminder from grade school, look like two kind of overlapping circles with a middle part, right? So if um, on the left were like cars and on the right were like trucks, the middle part might have has four wheels most of the time or can be a bunch of different colors and then the truck sphere it would have or truck um circle it would have like has an open bed right but that's not a feature of it it shares with cars right like venn diagrams from like fifth grade math um to explain your own personal meme i'd like you to picture a version of that that's 3d and i've, I've dubbed that a venn sphere so like imagine instead of circles that overlap 3d circles that overlap um i tried to google that fyi if you think venn diagrams are 2d and venn spheres should be 3d I doubt I'm the first person to think of that, but Google gives me nothing for that term. And I'm not a math or geometry person by training, so maybe they're not actually called that. Um, if you're an expert in that, please uh, send me a message on Reddit or Twitter um, or, or here just to let me know what concept I'm actually looking for. But for, for the purposes of this, I, I'd like to start by talking about your own personal meme as kind of like a Venn diagram. I just mean a 3D version of that. Let's do a thought exercise to get on the same page about what I mean by a meme. Because again, this is sort of a new concept if you, if you haven't gone through social science. Um, think of a meme from the internet as like a big sphere, like, like one of the circles in our Venn diagram. But again, like 3D, like a ping pong or like a soccer ball. Like you, you pick your frame of reference, right? But it's a ball. Um, you can use whatever memes you want, even your favorite ones, like a specific animal or a comic. Um, for this one, like vampires, right? Well, at least vampires is our meme. Because again, 
again, as far as we're concerned, memes are just big ideas that can get broken into smaller ideas. And then when I say vampire, you, you know all the stuff that goes with that, right? Like, or at least kind of goes with it like garlic or cutting off their head or putting a stake through the heart, right? Like there's the meme of a vampire, but there are also specific vampires, like the one that sells cereal or the nice ones you read about in some novels or the really mean ones you read about in other novels, right? Like not every vampire is appropriate for every situation. Vampires are a meme. Anyway, back to the example. Imagine that you're standing in like a, a really big empty warehouse, Right, close your, close your eyes and picture it if you have time or if it's safe. Clearly don't do that if you're driving, but like tr try to picture a gigantic empty warehouse. For me, it's what I imagine the inside of an Amazon distribution center looks like if it didn't have any products at all and it went off into the infinite distance, like that scene from The Matrix where Morpheus and Trinity decide to go save Neo and he goes, guns, I need lots of guns, and sort of the racks kind of like slide in from the infinite distance of all the guns you could ever want ever. I think of a mental space like the construct from the matrix, right? It's just kind of big and white, but in this case, it goes off into the infinite distance and I filled it with a warehouse that is very empty. Um, I think of the walls as like corrugated gray metal and like I'm standing next to a big bright door full of outside light. Like I'm standing up by the front of the warehouse in my mental warehouse. Um, as you imagine your meme, right? Make it a sphere of whatever size or color that you'd like and label it with the name of whatever meme you decided on, right? Like in this case, we talked about vampires. So on mine, I've got like a little black circle the size of like a soccer ball and in white letters, it says vampires on it. Um, after you've made it, label it, like I said, vampires and set it down on its own little square on the floor of your otherwise like gigantic but empty mental warehouse. Um, in mine, I put them on a pallet just because I've worked in a lot of stores that had pallets in the back. So for me, every single one of the memes that I'm picturing in my gigantic made-up meme warehouse um, is, is just sitting on its own wooden pallet. Okay, so we got our memes, vampires, right? Do that for every other meme and topic you can think of. And, and don't actually try to do it, because once you start going, you're going to realize you can think of a lot more than you actually care to name right now, right? giraffes are one or camels are one or, or a meme or closets are a meme or, or or whatever right that warehouse is gonna full up fill up with every mental concept that you've got and that's why we needed the kind of the the infinite distance part of it so all the cat memes are one big sphere even though there's like smaller spheres for specific cats like ones from posters that one with the upside down smile that we've seen all over the internet um in my own personal mental example like i said it's it's on a palette and there's rows of palettes um, like if you wanted to go meme shopping, right, you could walk down and just sort of find anything like a, a store where everything in the universe is free. Next, think of one more really big sphere up by the front door. It should be the biggest one in the place by a large margin. Make it like the size of a city block if you really want. Um, make it your favorite color if you'd like. Mine's mine's dark blue. Um, like I said, it should be big, like really big compared to everything else. Um label it with your name, right? Like however the cats and the memes and the frogs are all labeled, do it with yours. Like, like I said, mine says Blake in like all capital white letters, just like you might expect. Okay, final part of the thought exercise, and I'm sorry, but this is very long, but I don't know the right way to explain it besides this. Now think of all the memes that make up you as a person, right? Your experiences and your likes and your dislikes and your interests and your thoughts and your hopes and your fears and all the people that you know. There should be a lot of them since you've got a lot of experiences and opinions. Um, I've got my my dark blue sphere labeled Blake 
but I also care at least a little bit about all the spheres for my family or parenting or self-improvement or Twitter or video games, right? There's a sphere for each person in the world too. Like I said, it's all the people you know, but like my wife and your bus driver from the second grade and everyone whoever was or is will be their own sphere. Like I said, this is an infinite warehouse in our mind. We have all the real estate we want. And so the warehouse can read your mind since it's a made up example and, and defies the laws of physics. And so as you think of each of those spheres about things like brownies or poker, um, they, they roll up to the front of the warehouse. Lastly, very lastly, imagine that as those spheres roll up to the front, they kind of smush or like meld themselves into your gigantic sphere. Um, in relation to how much you care about them or how much they define your overall personality or identity. Um, however you want to overlap them together in your example, you can. And, and so in mine, if something comes up that I really like, right, like poker or brownies, that's going to overlap a lot. Or if you've connected those through tubes, mine's going to be like a really big tube or it's going to be connected multiple times, right? But if there's things I only kind of care about, stuff I, I don't have a strong opinion about or it's a skill that I have that I don't like using and so I don't use it very often. I'm connected to that meme, but only a little bit, right? Maybe it's like an extension cord to a long off corner of the warehouse or maybe it's like a rickety pipe with steam shooting out of it. You get to pick. Your, your connections to memes are as strong as you want. The other interesting thing there is that there are going to be some memes that are only hooked up to you by other memes, right? If you think about the game Seven Degrees of Separation, Kevin Bacon, right, where the goal is to just name a movie and kind of try to get back to Kevin Bacon using the actors or movies, right? It's like that. Some memes you don't care about directly, but they will be tied to other memes that you do care about. And so they, they enter kind of your world of things that you're interacting with and connected to. So what what's the point of that really long explanation of like a warehouse full of balls, right? Um, what I want to get out of that is this, we're, we're all built out of our own memes. Like I said, our likes and dislikes and our references, all of our touch points interact with those other spheres. Um, your collection of memes and my collection of memes and all the various linkages are going to look way different. And that's fine and normal and expected because they are what make you and me different people, right? We can go play poker together. And so we're interacting with the exact same poker game but your life and experiences and people you know and opinions are going to make you interpret that meme and your connection to it in different ways than I will. And what I'm getting out of this is you aren't the connections, right? You are yourself, even if you sever the connections. And what that is, is an idea of, of self you define yourself. You're, you're not defined by your ideas, right? If, for example, right now, and I'm purposefully not going to take a political stance on this podcast, so for right now, it's it's hypothetical, right? If, if I were a Republican and tomorrow I wake up and decide I want to be a Democrat, I'm still me. That That's a radical shift in my opinion, but I'm still married and I still live in the same place and I still have the same kids and I still went to the same high school, right? Like, I'm still me, even though my opinions are way different than they were yesterday. And so consequently, since the Venn sphere in the middle of your like sphere dog pile has millions of linkages, the way you hook up to other stuff, and that, that's almost never going to look like anybody else's stuff. And I, I've got some math for that. And that's going to be the next section, um, the, the math behind why that's honestly really silly. So for the next main part of this episode, um, I'd like to take a minute 
to kind of delve into the math for how unique you really are. And I'll also put a caveat here by saying I I'm taking some logical leaps to get here. So again, at me in like Twitter or the subreddit if I'm wrong, but if you have a better mathematical approach, please enlighten us. I am not a mathematician. I have a degree in communication, not math. So please reach out. There's a concept called factorial, factorial that we can use to explain how many different ways we should hook something like different memes together, but as a math problem. Um, factorial as a math formula is just an exclamation point. Um, for example, five factorial is just written as five exclamation. The math process behind factorial is just to take the biggest number and multiply it by all the other numbers counting down until there are no more numbers. Like you stop at one, because if you multiply by zero, you get zero. But for example, in our, our, our example of five, right? Five factorial is the exact same as five times four times three times two times one, right? It's just a shorter way to write that five exclamation point. And so 20 exclamation point would then just be right. 20 factorial would just be 20, 19, 18, 17. And you go all the way down until you get to one, right? That's, that's just what that math concept means. Okay. Factorial. That's what that is. Next picture, if you will, a, a standard deck of playing cards, like jo jokers removed. This is nothing tricky. Just the standard four suits, 13 cards in each suit, twos through aces, just normal deck of cards. Uh, this is the same one you use for poker at a casino or like at Thanksgiving because it's fun. Um, for the math to work here, you do actually need a whole deck of cards. Um, and so while it's whimsical to grab the one from Go Fish that the kids play with, you, you very much need a full deck of cards for this math to work. I'm also going to advise that you don't actually do this. You're, you're welcome to. Heart cards aren't hard to come by, but you don't physically need cards for this point. Just imagine a deck of cards. Um, factorial is, is the math process that we use to calculate our odds of drawing multiple cards out of a deck of cards because drawing one of them changes the odds of what you have left. Um, and I'll explain that in more detail. By that, I mean from a normal full deck of cards our probability of drawing any card, say for example, the two of clubs is one out of 52, uh, which is a little less than 2%. Assuming you draw the two of clubs first, then on your second draw, right? You draw the two of clubs, you set it down, you grab the next card off the top. It's impossible for that card to be the two of clubs. The two of clubs is zero of 51 cards left, right? It's already sitting on the table. This is why in in like Westerns, and it's not really a genre I enjoy, but I, I know the meme, when, when the cheating cowboy in the saloon has five aces, right? That That's why people get upset. Cards are supposed to work a different way than that mathematically. Okay, and so to continue the thought exercise, mentally shuffle up, right? Get, get, get those cards mixed as much or as little as you'd like in your brain, or if you physically have cards, go for it. Once you've shuffled, pick one more card from anywhere in the deck. Um, in my mental example, it's the Ace of Hearts, just off the very top of the deck. Um, when you take one card out of the complete deck, you can't draw it again. Remember, remember, 0%. That's why they got mad at the, at the Cowboys. If we draw the Ace of Hearts, then there are only three other Aces left in the deck and only 12 other Hearts. Every time. That's one gone. It's in play. It's no longer allowed to be used. It's dead. For that hand, it's gone. And you count it again next hand, but you don't count it anymore this hand. With something like a deck of cards, you have to use factorial to calculate the combinations they could exist in, since drawing one of the cards or, or putting it in a certain place in the shuffle order means it can't get used somewhere else. You use it, and then you have one less to use next time, if that makes sense. The part we care about in all of this is how that deck of cards stacks up literally.
Put whatever card you picked up back into the deck. Um, shuffle one last time and then set it down on the table in one neat stack. Um, I've got them face down in my mind, all squared up, so that it's like visible and neatly stacked. And I just see the back like I would at a casino. I, I mean, I like poker if you hadn't gathered that. Um, you did it, uh, actually. That was the whole thought exercise. Good work. We're done imagining things for a little bit. Um, that That's the goal. That shuffled deck of cards face down on the table right in front of you. Picture it. Normal deck of cards. The lesson is this. Every time you shuffle a deck of cards, you create a combination that has likely never existed before ever in the history of cards, people, or the universe. You can do it again by picking up that deck and shuffling one more time, even just changing one card. That deck combination too is also very likely to unique and also is very likely never existed before. And I'll get into that math. Seems like it shouldn't be true, right? Um, that, that, that's just because human brains have a really hard time comprehending how big numbers can be sometimes. And so remember how factorial works? It's like it's 52 times 51 times 50 times 49 times, right? It just goes down until it gets to one. And that's just an incomprehensibly huge number. Um, most calculators show that as 8.06e plus 67, which for those of you that don't speak calculator means it's got 67 zeros not shown after the E. A billion has nine, a quadrillion has 15. Whatever 52 factorial is, has 67. It's a lot, it's a really big number. In fact, um, and I didn't do the math here, I'm trusting an article to say that, it's, it's a bigger number than there are atoms making up the earth, right? Like numbers get really big and our brains can't really deal with that. Um, and, and so what's the point, right? Why are we talking about cards and math and memes, right? And here's, here's where I kind of tie all that together. Think about how many memes are likely hooked up to your sphere, right? In mine, it's the dark blue one the size of a city block with Blake on it up next to the door. But all that other stuff kind of hooks up to it, right? Whether it's my, my kids or my job or stuff I like or stuff I hate or stuff I'm worried about or, or my favorite movie, right? It all hooks up. But add up all the other spheres that your Venn sphere hooked up to, even just a little bit. Like, like how many connections and linkages is that? Thousands? Millions? Like our, our how many different ways can we put this together number um, got unfathomably large with just 52 starting items when we were talking about a deck of cards. It's safe to say that our brains are going to have way more than 52 connections to ideas. Think about how many memes are likely hooked up to your sphere from our example, like at the, at the beginning of the sort of this thought exercise, right? All the things you care about or the, the people you know about or your loved ones, right? That's like thousands or millions, right? Um, our how many different ways can we put this together number got really, really big with just 52 starting items when we were talking about a deck of cards. I think it's safe to say that our brains are gonna have connections to way more than 52 ideas. Um, for, for example, think about this, um, a movie that has been remade, right? I'm talking about like Dread versus Judge Dread or like any, any movie that existed and then like 40 years later, they decided to make it again, right? Even with the same starting point and material and vision and characters, think about how different two movies that should functionally be the same movie look but when they're made by two different directors, right? You can have the exact same starting point and because of the way you interpret the world, end up at an entirely different end point. Um, and so I think this is a, 
a fair mathematical way to express that idea that people are the sum of their experiences. Because again, the way memes work is if, if you're hooked up to video games, you're hooked up to video games in your way. You can sever that connection and start a new one. But the way that you're hooked up to video games is the way you're hooked up to video games. And if you're hooked up that way to video games, it means you can't be hooked up that way to like, say, potatoes or something, right? And so your connections to all of the other memes influence the connections to those memes, which is why you have to calculate it as factorial instead of just the amount of memes in the warehouse. The way they connect is in and of itself reflexive and changes the way that you have to do the math. And so I say all that to say the number for how unique I think you are is however many memes you've got, which again, I think is millions because it's all the people or ideas that you know, factorial. Those, those could hook together in as many different ways as people exist, which is billions, right? It, it's a bunch. And so, for example, even if you just called it 10,000, right? If you said, I've only got 10,000 ideas in my life, which is not true. You probably have more than 10,000 ideas. We should talk about it if you don't think that's true. But if you had 10,000, 10,000 factorial just doesn't work. 10,000 factorial like breaks the universe. Like if you, if you tried to like try, try to Google this, right? Don't you don't need to pull up a calculator. Just pull up a tab on your phone or browser and type 170 exclamation point and then look at that number. Now try to type 171. See how Google breaks? The results are undefined. Like it's, it's just that big. Consequently, when you write or type or talk or use words, they're going to be your combination of words. The trick is getting where your personal Venn sphere can link up to other people's, right? Because yours is at the front in your warehouse, but everybody has their own warehouse. And so for example, you both like golf. You could talk about that shared set of vocabulary and interests, right? If we're both golf nerds, I can use golf as a metaphor to explain video games to you in a way that wouldn't make sense if you had never played golf, right? The fact that we both touch that meme gives us a common point. And so given all of that, I'd like to draw two conclusions and then move on to a part about superheroes. Given that, I'd like us to draw two conclusions from all the stuff we just talked about, right? If you had the TLDR at too long, didn't read, sum it up at the bottom. I don't have time, Blake. It's this one. Your thoughts are mathematically very special and unique, just like everyone else's, right? Everybody's special and unique because that's how math works. The second thing, just because I had a unique idea doesn't make it good, but there are ways to approximate or judge that, like letting others tell you what they think. So what they told you when you was you were a kid was true. You, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. I, for example, wanted to be a giraffe and was very sad when I learned that that was limited to things humans could do. So once someone clarified you can be whatever you want as long as you stay a human, that, that's pretty true. For example, I can go down to Dollar General and buy a box of Band-Aids and open Blake's, like doctor store like it's a lemonade stand in my driveway i can do that but it's illegal and no one's going to stop there and i'm not going to help people right i'm not going to get many patients and so in that same way you can have an all new unique idea based on math that doesn't mean it's good that's a whole whole separate like topic or step or probably like episode of a podcast
And so the next thing I want to talk about um, is is a larger concept, and we're we're gonna have whole episodes dedicated to specific examples of this meme. But one of the themes that's gonna come up in this podcast a lot is how bad humans are at math, right? I gave an example of what that looks like when we try to calculate factorial. Um, humans have a lot of leftover programming in your brain from when it made sense to do it that way back when you lived in a cave or or you had a community of 3000 people or the the like hunter gatherers of the party went off to kill things for food while everybody else stayed in the caves right there's there's a lot of like decision making processes that make sense when you still exist in the wild that are just happening default in your head unless you stop them. And so math is one of those areas where we can do a lot of work just by pointing out what math means in terms of human stuff. For example, and again, we'll probably spend a podcast episode on this, but a million and a billion are very different numbers, right? For example, if you try to count up, right? Just start at one, two, three, and you, you counted once per second, right? You'd get to a million in 11 days. That that would suck. That's two weeks of counting without sleeping or eating or using the bathroom, right? It's 11 days. That's a lot. You could do it. You'd probably want to break it up over a month. I don't know if I want to spend a month of my life counting to a million, but like, you know, life goals. A billion though. A billion would take 30 years, right? Like, I, I don't think people understand how much bigger a billion is than a million because a million is still an unfathomably large number, right? If you try to picture a million of anything, even in our meme warehouse earlier, right? I just have to say, I have to do some hand wavy brain stuff and just say, and the racks go off into the infinite distance, right? Remember when I talked about the matrix? Because I like the matrix. That's my way of making you not mentally try to picture a million or billion things because I don't think you can. And because I don't think I can, that's not me like mocking you. I don't think human brains are built that way. So no memer out there can probably picture a billion things. If you can, that's awesome. But I know I can't. So th that's a recurring theme we'll come back to. And maybe we spend more time on it later. But I've already spent a long time talking about an imaginary warehouse and a deck of cards. And so I'd like to get, get you more. And so what you do is very, very unique. Um, there are, however, no guarantees that it's good. And that's kind of a debate by itself that I don't want to weigh it into here. Um, well, at least not yet, right? But, but one common sentiment is that while you can have no guarantee of success, right? Like I have an idea and I don't know if it's good. I should still try it. Um, Shang-Chi though, and that, that's where we'll get into this, the, the movie, right? Marvel movie, go to the theaters, watch it on Disney Plus, Shang-Chi, that movie, um, kind of tells that story better than I could. And, and so here's kind of the idiom, where's Waldo? Um, this is very much a maxim we should live our life by, right? I absolutely think this is going to be an entry into the framework, but I, I want to talk about like trying, even though you don't think you'll succeed. And that's, that's kind of the vehicle that I want to use Shang-Chi to talk about. Shang-Chi, I think, is just a really good movie, right? Just as a movie without talking about memes, like I'm just a normal dude from the Midwest who watches Marvel movies sometimes, right? I just think Shang-Chi is a watchable movie. I watched it with my kids. I enjoyed the plot. It was good. 
But for me, Shang-Chi was kind of symbolic because it was the first movie that I went back and watched in a theater, which is something I enjoy doing and have done my whole life because it was safe to do so um, during the pandemic where I live, right? This is recorded in 2021, so coronavirus is a thing that, like, all of us live with. Um, that That's not, like, a part of the podcast. We can talk about it if you want. That might show up in the why humans are bad at math section in terms of, like, public policy around health, but it's not really the conversation I'm looking to have right now. But... I went to go see uh, Shang-Chi and there's a part in the movie where one of the characters who's played by um, Aquafina, is is trying to figure out how she can help. And, and for those of you that haven't seen it and you're worried I'm going to like spoil it, let me stop here. I'm going to give a light spoiler. So skip to the end of the podcast, like the outro, if you don't want to hear anything about Shang-Chi ever at all. But I promise I'm not going to spoil the plot, but I, I am going to talk about it a little bit. Um, So minor spoiler, Aquafina is trying to like learn to shoot a bow and arrow. Right, that's the concept I want to talk about. That's the only spoiler of what's going to happen. There's a bow and arrow. It shows up at some point. Aquafina's going to try to shoot it, right? And she's not very good at it. Um, she tries very hard to like figure it out and copy the people she sees around her, but like she's trying and it's not happening, and she's getting frustrated and she gives up. Here's my point. Aquafina is then told by one of the village elders, or she gets advice, um, who's already good at shooting a bow and arrow. Simply, if you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. Um, Aquafina then takes that advice to heart and the rest of the movie kind of goes from there. And I realized that that's a one line quote from a Marvel movie, but it's rattled around in my head since I saw the movie. Um, that's not a new process or thought for me. Um, but as someone who talks too much, right, clearly I've got a podcast that you're listening to. Um, I, I love the simplicity of that statement. So here's what that means to me, right? If you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. And here, here's my personal take on that. And this is the entry into the framework, right? The coin shaker we talked about at least try to do what you think is the right thing. Um, without an attempt, nothing changes, ever. So at least try to make it the way you want it to be. If you aim at nothing, you will hit nothing. To me, it means you may fail in trying, but you should at least try. Um, I contextualize it further to mean you'll always fail if you don't try, so at least try, right? Because I'm a math person, right? It's always zero if you do nothing, so at least make it non-zero. Um, for me, it's kind of a counterpart to the Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of a shot you don't take, like advice or quote or meme, right? Like for me, it's right in there. If you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. And so here's my metaphor. And, and this is, I'm going to mark this one explicit. And that's a thing you'll learn about me. Um, I find language choices to be very purposeful. Um, I think when you make choices around cursing, uh, that can exclude some people who don't like cursing. And I often think you can come up with ways to say things that aren't cursing. That being said, I think you should Shang-Chi that shit. Like, at least try. You might fail, but it's never going to change unless you try. If nothing else, as a math concept, a 1% chance is infinitely more likely than a 0% chance. Trying gives you a chance of success. Not trying gives you literally zero. Shang-Chi that shit. Whatever it is that you're worried about, try. If you aim at nothing, you hit nothing, right? And that's that's the entry into the framework. If if all else is all else being equal, right? No other layer of the coin sorter caught it. We think this is a good choice, and all we have to do is view it through this theme. Then try. If if you can't think of a reason that would be bad, then try. If you think there's a chance of success, even in the odds of overwhelming failure, try. Because if you don't try, nothing happens. And so this is the very last part I want to talk about with Shang Chi. If you have that mental note. Right. If you you have that idea, that part in your framework, your layer in your coin shaker tray, you have to be OK with missing sometimes. Right. Um. So like if, if your life advice to yourself is, 
get out there and do it, Blake. Try, make it happen. Okay, but sometimes you try and fail. And so if you can't be okay with that, you're going to have problems. And so if you're going to adopt this mindset, you have to adopt the whole thing. Um, it comes as a set of processes and, and you'll get that. This is something that probably uh, should be its own podcast, but that's part of what's called a growth mindset, right? It's the idea that you can learn from failure. Failure isn't something horrible that like only happens to you and should be terrible. Failure is just a part of learning to do everything. And so everybody has to figure out how to do that on their own terms. And so we'll, we'll spend time talking about that. But Shang-Chi that shit, right? Like get out there and try. And that's that's the vehicle I want to use uh, Marvel to talk about. So um, in conclusion, uh, longer podcast today, memers, sorry, but real important foundational stuff. Um, t today we talked about what makes your meme your meme, right? Uh, we talked about why that's special, um, but but not necessarily objectively good all the time. Um, we also talked about Shang-Chi. Um, so like good podcast for me. I, I really hope you all tune into the next one. I find this stuff incredibly cool. And the more we get to tie parallels out to like modern movies, um, the, the more accessible those metaphors are to other people. Um, so if you tuned in for the podcast, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'll catch you on the next one. I do want to spend a second talking about the monetization of this podcast, though. Um, so specifically, I, I want to take a minute to talk to the people listening about money. Um, I, I'm All I'm looking for here in making this podcast is listeners. Um, I, I'm thankful to say that I, I don't need your money. Um, but should you donate it or subscribe, I'm just going to mentally view it as you buying me a beer because you like the story I told you. Um, you can do that if you want, but think about like donating to a homeless shelter or a food pantry before you like give me money, please. Um, you, you don't need to give me the money. Um, what I want from you, if you really like my podcast enough to give me money, what I would prefer that you do is just tell people about my podcast, right? If this comes up at lunch or you're talking to your dad, right? And you go, oh yeah, I heard this thing. Maybe his metaphor would work for you, right? All I want is for people to listen. So I appreciate your money. Um, what I'd like more is just for more people to listen to my podcast. So thank you very much for your support, especially people who gave me money. But again, I, I don't I don't need it. And that's like a, a privileged thing to be able to say. I'll take it. But like consider giving that to a different different source, if that makes sense to you. Uh, but what I would prefer that you do is just, you know, share me so I, I can be more popular or, or at least share my podcast with other people. Right. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Anybody who's, who's still going out there and I'll catch you next time. This has been a podcast about self-help using memes. Thanks for listening.